Welcome back to New World Next Week. I'm James Corbett at CorbettReport.com. And I'm James Evan Pilato for MediaMonarchy.com. Our children will inherit a totally different world. We've got that story, plus that space plane landed, but first, whoops, World War III. NATO chief says Poland blast likely caused by Ukrainian missile, but it's not Ukraine's fault. NATO said there was no indication that the missile strike that hit a Polish border village was deliberate, saying that Russia was ultimately to blame as it continues to bombard Ukraine with missiles. In violation of UN Statute 666, the Stop Hurting Yourself doctrine, I guess. Military Alliance's Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg said the missile incident took place as Russia launched a massive wave of rocket attacks across Ukraine while the investigation was ongoing into the incident. And as this is, of course, a developing story as we come to you, he said there was no indication that this was the result of a deliberate attack and no indication it was the result of an offensive military actions against NATO. So Article 5, thankfully, hopefully not invoked. Preliminary analysis, as previously reported, suggests the incident was caused by a Ukrainian air defense missile fired to defend Ukrainian territory against Russian cruise missile attacks. But let me be clear, this is not Ukraine's fault. Russia bears ultimate responsibility as it continues its illegal war against Ukraine. The comments came after the alliance's North Atlantic Council held an emergency meeting following this missile strike that hit Poland on Tuesday night, killing two civilians. So Poland and NATO say the missile strike wasn't a Russian attack. They see no Russian threat amid the Poland blast investigation. Even Biden says it's unlikely the missile that hit Poland was fired from Russia, but we should still give $37 billion more dollars in emergency Ukraine aid. Sorry, sorry, the UK, US economy has been destroyed here, but you know, billions more. War, man, war is a racket and corporate news loves it, James. I will include live updates. Russia, Ukraine war by the Associated Press, but honestly, I think like a lot of the stories, unfortunately, the masses of asses won't get past the initial traumatizing headline, which I think is usually part of the mission. Russia launches fresh missile strikes across Ukraine as G20 leaders meet. So it's, of course, always the perfect time when the, one of the elites are all getting together. Energy situation critical across Ukraine as after strikes, which Kiev says are Russia's response to Zelensky's G20 address. So they had all their phony reasons for something that didn't actually work out. Well-timed as the fake elites gather to decide, of course, the best way to kill us. But James, this one's really something. U.S.-U.K. troops train to pacify Russian civilians from that Russian propaganda site, RT.com. U.S. and U.K. military forces have held a joint exercise to process interoperability and test their latest equipment and combat techniques on terrain similar to the Ukrainian steppe reportedly including war games simulating how they might pacify mobs of angry Russian-speaking civilians. James, I kind of think the pride flag woke Western Army children might get quite the lesson. And again, maybe that's the whole mission, to send these kids in to get yelled at and attacked. The ongoing drills are being held in California's Mojave Desert as part of the Pentagram's Project Convergence, which was expanded this year to include participation by allies Australia, Canada, New Zealand, and the UK. Oh, so all the fascist COVID concentration camp crown countries that were super into locking people down, they're going to lock down Russia now. Again, try to laugh to not cry. If keep acting like this, James. Russia is not going to help us win world the next world war like they did the first couple, James. 
Uh, well, they certainly supplied some entertainment for the Cold War, so maybe Cold War 2.0. We'll find out. Stay tuned to the exciting conclusion of As the World Turns. So, um, I think one of the important things to take out of this, as you alluded to, the specter of Article 5 of the Washington Treaty and why that is, I'm sorry, the North Atlantic Treaty, also known as the Washington Treaty, and why that is important. But before we get to that, New World Next Week, as people know by now, is recorded about 24 hours in advance. So uh, whatever has happened in this story in the past 24 hours, we don't know about it yet as we are sitting here talking as we're recording this. But here's the latest that I have from antiwar.com. Ukraine at odds with Western backers over missile that hit Poland. Ukraine is at odds with its Western backers over the missile that landed in Poland and killed two people. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky said Wednesday that he's confident that the missile didn't come from his country, even after NATO, Poland, and the U.S. said it was likely fired by Ukrainian air defenses. I have no doubt that it was not our rocket, Zelensky told reporters, adding that his assessment was based on reports from his military commanders. I believe that it was a military missile, a Russian miss missile, based on the credibility of the reports of the military, he said. <laughs> Ghost of Kiev. Uh, Zelensky also called for Ukraine to be allowed to conduct its own investigation. Can we not say the final conclusions? Do we have the right to be the investigation team? Of course, he said. <laughs> yeah, why, why should Poland be in charge of the uh, the investigation into the missile that landed in Poland? Ukraine should. What? Why would they have any reason to cover up what really happened there or to change or to point the blame at Russia? No, they'd be total impartial investigators. Total nonsense, obviously. But that is the real peril of the situation that we are now in with, essentially, Ukraine, the NATO umbrella extending right up to the doorstep of Ukraine, and really, obviously, under the table and covertly, there's a lot of supply that's going on anyway. But this is the real danger. Article 5 of the North Atlantic Treaty. I will read the opening paragraph for people who have not read it and committed it to memory. The parties agree that an armed attack against one or more of them in Europe or North America shall be considered an attack against them all. And consequently, they agree that if such an armed attack occurs, each of them, in exercise of the right of individual or collective self-defense recognized by Article 51 of the Charter of the United Nations, will assist the party or parties so attacked by taking forthwith, individually and in concert with the other parties, such action as it deems necessary, including the use of armed force to restore and maintain the security of the North Atlantic area. So that is what is on the line. Every single time any sort of incident happens anywhere in NATO territory, and as I say, right up to the doorstep of Ukraine. So anything that happens... Imagine if Biden and everyone else, Stoltenberg and the other clowns, came out and said, yeah, we think it was Russia. What next? What does that mean? Suddenly we are at the brink of all full, full scale, all out, potentially thermonuclear war on the basis of a missile that hit, hit Poland and two people died and suddenly the world could be ending. I mean, this is the type of incredibly hair-trigger situation we're in, and we're in it because of that fundamental lie delivered to Gorbachev in 1991 as the Soviet Union is collapsing. Don't worry, we won't go one inch to the east. Not one inch east. Meanwhile, they're now in Poland, and Ukraine is heavily lobbying to become part of NATO. Do Americans want to die in a fiery, horrible death uh, for 
uh, a missile somewhere in the hinterlands of Poland. Is that really what the, the point that we're at? And is that really what people want to commit themselves to? I would think not. But if people do not know about Article 5 and the one and only time in the history of NATO it was ever invoked in October of 2001, I would highly suggest you check out or re-familiarize yourself with False Flags, The Secret History of Al-Qaeda, specifically Part 3, where I went through how they invoked Article 5 after 9-11 and the fact it was a joke based on no evidence whatsoever. That is what stands between us and all-out thermonuclear war. So keep that in mind, uh, NATO supporters out there and people who think that the North Atlantic Treaty is what is keeping the world safe instead of at the brink of all-out war. So this is interesting. It's in some ways is are, are the proxies finding out that they are just that like BLM found out after the flaming peace riots of 2020 is former sketch comedian Zelensky going, hey, I might be just a pawn in a much larger. I thought I was the star. I was hanging out on the Grammys and the Oscars and stuff. Sean, Agent Spicoli, as I do as I do call Sean Penn, he just gave his Oscar to Zelensky. It just there's doubling down into just the insanity on all the levels, and we'll keep track of it here in New World Next Week, as we have been doing for over 13 years. Our second story on this New World Next Week, episode 502, Reuters cries overpopulation making climate justice harder climate extortion, as we called it last week. Leave it to Reuters to indirectly resurrect eco-extremist Dr. Paul Ehrlich's hysterical population bomb as the culprit behind the left's struggle to achieve so-called climate justice. That, that's what it is. That's, that's the main reason. Reuters published an asinine climate doom-mongering story with a headline that needs no explanation. Climate justice gets harder as world population passes 8 billion. The article screeched that the overpopulated world signals more hardship for regions already facing resource scarcity due to climate change, not resource scarcity due to, like, Nestle stealing your water or anything. Despite the continual debunking of Ehrlich's boogeyman of an overpopulated world since the 1968 publication of his book, Reuters mindlessly paralleled Ehrlich's logic. Rapid population growth combined with climate change is likely to cause mass migration and conflict in coming decades, experts said. In his 1968 book, Dr. Paul Ehrlich predicted a population-led oblivion in the 70s that, of course, never materialized, an Armageddon scenario that he continued to push decades later, even when it was obviously not true. Ehrlich wrote in The Population Bomb, in the 1970s, the world will undergo famines. Hundreds of millions of people are going to starve to death. He added, our children will inherit a totally different world, a world in which the standards, politics, and economics of the 60s are dead. Good riddance, sellout boomers. Smithsonian Magazine even noted that Ehrlich's agitprop, that is agitation, propaganda, I think 90% of so-called news is agitprop. It is meant to agitate and propagandize people, sidebar, gave a huge jolt to the nascent environmental movement and fueled an anti-population growth crusade that led to human rights abuses around the world. <clears throat> Of course, Reuters made no attempt to distance itself from Ehrlich. They didn't have to because Americans can't and don't read that and the fact they never even mention him in the article at all. I will give you the link to it, the archive link. Climate justice gets harder as world population passes 8 billion, but it's a bug that they want you to eat. 
It's a feature. Humans could face a reproductive crisis as sperm count declines, study finds. Study published in the journal Human Reproduction Update, based on 153 estimates from men who were probably unaware of their fertility, suggests that the average sperm concentration fell between 1973 and 2018, a drop of 51.6%. Total sperm counts fell by 62.3% during the same period. Temporal Trends in Sperm Count, a Systematic Review and Meta-Regression Analysis. So, so what do we do about this, James? Oh, I know. Let's ask joke thief Amy's cousin, Chucky. Schumer calls for amnesty for millions of illegal aliens living in the U.S. because, quote, we have a population that's not reproducing on its own. So it wasn't, wasn't going real well in the first place anyway, but especially now maybe because Americans jab themselves with a weird gene agent maybe that's given some trouble to the reproduction i saw that story james as i was prepping the show saw it on the sidebar on gateway pundit again everything we talk about is always included in the show notes speaking of amy schumer i think this is this is all connected it is all a rich tapestry amy schumer's three-year-old child has some weird respiratory virus amy schumer's little son gene three hospitalized with the rampant rsv virus I'm sure it's nothing, James. Are they lying about a dark winter when it's really a demographic winter? Yes, they are, James. Yes, exactly right. And exactly as uh, myself and many other people have been warning for years and years and years and years now, the it is not the overpopulation crisis. It is the underpopulation crisis. Episode 142 of The Corbett Report from August of 2010. Um, so I've been talking about this for a very long time. And, uh, of course... Events have only continued to um, to underline that. And on the note of Ehrlich and the population doomongers and how they were wrong about everything, of course, again, you can turn to episode 339 of The Corporate Report, Meet Paul Ehrlich, Pseudoscience Charlatan, where I utterly eviscerate and show that everything that he predicted was stunningly incorrect, and yet he is still lauded as this great prophet of the age that never came. Um, and you don't have to take it from the Corbett Report. I know I often cite my own work because that's why I do it. But but you can take it from uh, Roger Pilkey Jr. Just had an extensive post up on his Substack, How the Myth of the Population Bomb Was Born, citing many of the same sources, talking about many of the same things, but going into some rigorous academic detail about how this pseudoscience charlatanry of the uh, the population crisis really came about. Um, it's definitely worth your time if you're interested in the subject. Um, if you're interested in the actual science behind what was referred to there in the real, the true environmental crisis of our times, not carbon dioxide, not the fact that you're drinking it through plastic straws, but the fact that the human species is going extinct this is really, we are watching it happen. We are seeing the plummeting sperm counts. And as this article notes that we're citing here, it, this is this new 2022 study is about some 2017 results that we knew about. But at the time, we didn't have all of the data. So we could only talk about Europe and North America and say that, yes, sperm rates are plunging in Europe and North America. But now they do the rest of the calculations. And guess what? Africa too, Asia too, everywhere around the world. Sperm rates are plummeting. Fertility crisis is upon us. What does this mean? Where did this come from? How is it happening? Uh, one source that I would cite for this is uh, the book Countdown by Shanna Swan, which I mentioned in my summer reading list last year, um, where she goes through the scientific 
history of this and the studies and, and how they were conducted and how we know what is happening and what is happening with these EDCs, endocrine disrupting chemicals that have absolutely flooded the planet as this plummet in sperm counts uh, takes place. And also, towards the end of the book, she gets into what you can do to actu uh, actually protect yourself or at least limit your exposure to these EDCs. So definitely worth your time there. Um, but here's here's what I, in a sense, what I like about this um, on its face, ridiculous anti-human propaganda from from uh, Reuters attempting to link humans and the human population to the climate crisis. We can't save the Earth anymore. There's too many humans. Well, what's the answer? Kill some humans. You know, of course, this is what it is about. It is a death cult. And for people who do not understand, I am not joking when I say this is a religion. How about this from the Times of Israel? Activists smash tablets atop Mount Sinai to launch faith-based climate push. Yes, in a big PR stunt that was just just took place outside of the uh, COP27 there in Egypt, some activists went up to Mount Sinai with the Ten Green Commandments and smashed them as part of that. Oh, we're not we're not living up to the climate religion, so we need to we need to wake the leaders of the world up what is going on. Absolute insanity. But at, I, I'm glad the mask is coming off. You cannot deny it anymore. This is a death cult. It is an anti-human death cult. It is a religion. People are now worshipping it. And, uh, and you are going to be forced into this religion, like it or not. Um, and uh, unless we put the brakes on it now and stop swallowing their propaganda. Yes, there is an environmental crisis that is happening right now. It is threatening the human species, as well as many, many other species. But you're not allowed to talk about that stuff, the EDCs and the GMOs and that kind of stuff. No, all we can talk about is carbon dioxide. And what is the answer to limiting carbon dioxide? Limiting the human population. Wow, funny how that works out for the death cult, isn't it? We are the carbon they want to reduce. And James, did you make a reference to it last week? I was maybe a little behind. Greta has said, we just need to end capitalism all, all together. Capitalism is, is, the, is the, it is a cult. It is, it's horrifying. It's, again, I look at it like a horror movie sometimes. It is horrifyingly fascinating and scary. Our third and final story on this New World Next Week, episode 502. I, and there's so many more things to even say about it, James. So many of these things really kind of started full on in the 90s. Here in the States, while we were in love with Bill Clinton, that was the point when they were finalizing all the GMOs, all the vaccines, making all the factories go overseas, all that stuff. And then in a way, they announced it to us a few years later with a giant psychological traumatizing sort of ritual event. You got to touch on the esoteric. New World Next Week, episode 502, our third and final story. X-37B, only the public face of a private spying mission? That's how we described it over a decade ago. And now, U.S. military's X-37B space plane lands. The record-breaking sixth mission of the U.S. military's X-37B space plane is finally over. The robotic X-37B touched down at NASA's Kennedy Space Center in Florida, November 12th at 522 a.m. Eastern Time. The winged vehicle 
had spent 908 days in orbit, more than four months longer than any previous X-37B flight. The Boeing-built space plane also carried a service module on the newly completed mission, a first for U.S. Space Force's X-37B program. It resembles NASA's now-retired space shuttle, but it is much smaller, measuring 29 feet from nose to tail. The space shuttle was 122 feet and was piloted. Another key difference as the X-37B is autonomous. The U.S. Space Force, like Operation Warp Speed, a Trump thing they love, is thought to own two X-37B vehicles, both of which were provided by Boeing, which is where former sketch comedian Bill Nye the Science Guy used to work. To date, the duo has flown six orbital missions. Space Farce and Boeing describe the X-37B as chiefly a testing platform. The vehicle allows researchers to see how payloads work in the space environment and then examine them afterwards on the ground. Since the X-37B's first launch in 2010, it has shattered records and provided our nation with an unrivaled capability to rapidly test and integrate new space technologies. I will include a couple of videos for when this thing landed. There were sonic booms that people captured on their Amazon track and trace surveillance cameras. They've mounted to everything. And I'll even include a link. I've got a lot of entries. James, I was surprised. You did not have many hits for X-37B on CorbettReport.com. I have pages of it on MediaMonarchy.com. Yay! It's for space stuff. It's not an all-seeing eye in the sky tracking everyone everywhere all the time. I'm sure it's cool, James. Right, yeah, I'm sure. But unfortunately, the people who would be the ones who would be digging into this and finding out the dirt on something like this are the precise ones who have apparently largely been successfully targeted by the whole PSYOP. It's all fake. Space is fake. Sp uh, there, are, there are no satellites. There is nothing in space. Space doesn't exist, so you don't have to think about it, look at it, or in any way interrogate what is going on up there with the spy satellite networks, because satellites don't exist. Space doesn't exist. It's all, a, it's all fake, man. And so no one cares about the spy satellite networks that are going into place. No one cares about the commercialization of space. No one cares about the weaponization of space, because again, space doesn't exist, guys. Total nonsense. Um, I have had my eye on the space issue for a while because I know that there are... I know that we don't know what is going on up there, but I, as you say, I haven't covered the X-37B in particular. I know you have because I remember listening way back in the day to the old Media Monarchy radio show and hearing you talk about the, uh, the secret flights and, oh, it just landed again, that kind of thing. Um, what do we know and what don't we know about this, this X-37B and its missions? But you, you, you got me, man. That's the thing. I even tried to look prepping this episode. You look for it, and all you'll find again is I, a lot of this has happened to the internet in these last couple of years. You'll find it's all been scrubbed and cleaned, and much like our colleagues used to be anti-war and used to investigate the police state, they're all flat Earth war lovers now. We can't find this information. It seems like SpaceX was maybe involved in it a little bit getting closer and closer. So, of course, you've got Elon Musk involved in the space psyop. But that's, I mean, maybe what we don't know answers your question, James. What do we know about this thing? I don't know, because there's no anti-war, there's no investigative journalist, there's no colleagues, there's no friends anymore. So, I don't know, just some weird space spy plane, whatever. 
Yeah. Ah, secret space program, secret shmeshmogram. It doesn't matter. Don't think about that. It's all fake. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As far as I know, the only thing that is declassified or the only thing that we know about this is when it takes off and when it lands. And we know absolutely nothing else about its mission. So... Anyway, whatever, it's just going somewhere, but space is fake, so don't worry about it, guys. Just go just go keep munching your popcorn and watching YouTube videos. <laughs> I'm sure it'll all be fine. And we'll try and make America great and glorious again. That my, that's that's the thing. <laughs> you can't make it up, man. I am about to wrap up six straight weeks of broadcasting, which usually makes me a little punchy. And you've been busting out all kinds of new media, James. I was just double-checking. I was like, is that new, or is this just people kind of reshare? No, you've got all kinds of new content coming out at CorberReport.com. But as many folks know, next week is Thanksgiving, and we're all going to take a break, right, James? Uh, yeah, there will be a few days off on the Corbett side oh. and on Pilato side as well. And it's not for Thanksgiving over here, but at any rate, there will be a few days off next week. All right. Well, that is New World Next Week, episode 502. Let's do it again in two weeks. <laughs> All right, buddy. All right. Thanks. Take, Take care. care. <laughs>